When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it, Allen. Tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to answer your mailbag questions. And so for that, we bring in our friend who is the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. He is home. He is no longer in Mobile. He's back in jolly old England. Glenn, what's going on, my friend? Uh, chaos. Chaos all around me, Scott. I uh, made the mistake of ordering some furniture that was going to be delivered the day after I get back from Mobile and two days before my son's birthday. So we got a bunch of extra furniture in the house that we can't sell and we can't move and we can't put it outside and we're trying to get ready for the party. So it's it's chaos and madness. And I'm trying to watch a little bit of film in the meantime. So so good times. Good times. How are you doing? A little less busy than that. It sounds like you've really got your hands full and we're going to have our hands full during this mailbag, Glenn. So we're just going to add more chaos on top of everything that's going on with you right now. We should start with the comments by Woody Johnson at NFL Honors because we got a bunch of questions about it. So we may as well just talk about what he said and our thoughts on it because we got about six questions asking about that anyway. Woody Johnson, if you missed it at NFL Honors, essentially what he said was that what happened this past year wasn't good enough. No more excuses. They have to win. Says there's no playoff mandate, but let's be real. There's a playoff mandate. The part that really annoyed me was what he said about the quarterback situation, that the Jets had no backup quarterback last year and they need one this year. Woody, first of all, man, whose fault is that? You own the team. If you really felt that way, you should have done something about it. And if you let Joe Douglas and Robert Sala talk you into not adding somebody, then that's also on you as the owner of the team. But also, there was no need to shovel that kind of dirt on Zach Wilson on his way out the door. The last thing that he did for this team was get pounded into the turf and take a concussion. We all get it. He didn't work out. Let him go in peace. And also, by the way, you're going to try and trade him. So way to lower any trade value he may have had by making those comments. But I just thought it was unnecessary. And if you're a player in the league and you hear something like that, I'm sure it's not going to make you feel good. And you're going to probably think, well, what's he going to say about me? And Woody's just one of these guys that probably shouldn't speak if we're being honest about it. He should just be an owner behind the scenes and not comment publicly like this. He also said that Robert Sala will be a better coach this year because he's told them they need to focus on the offense and it's going to be offense, offense, offense this year. And Jeff Ulbrich can handle the defense. 
I get all that, but I'm thinking that it probably would have been smarter if you felt that way to spend some money and hire a guy with a track record on the offensive side of the ball to come in here, either to help Salah or to take Salah's place. Salah doesn't have any track record of getting involved and successfully helping out the offense. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but either way, I like that Woody's annoyed. I like that he seems to be fired up for this season and that he's done with the excuses. What I don't like comment about Zach Wilson was just completely unnecessary and classless. Yeah, I thought that the, the the comments on Wilson were really surprising, especially, you know, we we heard so much before the draft about how he's got this good relationship with Zach's uncle or they're friendly or whatever it is. But even if that's not the case, like you don't trash a guy, as you mentioned, the trade value, that's one thing. You know, not that, not that teams are going to trade for a guy based on what the owner says about him, but it could give them, you know, leverage it if they're negotiating and say, look, we're, we're trying to get a guy who your own owner says isn't a quarterback. So it, it, it could hurt you a little bit there. But I think all in all, the, like what I liked about the comments, and and listen, I, you know, I've said this before. We all like a little bit of confirmation bias. We all like hearing, you know, people who are either in positions of authority to, to make changes or people who make decisions. We want to hear them agree with us. And I don't – the quarterback thing is ridiculous. Like, and I still have questions about how that happened, about how you went into the season without a QB2. And I'm – you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if ownership – if, you know, it, it's not – wouldn't be the first time in history an owner put something on someone else that they could have changed themselves or that they had a hand in. Um, so not getting a backup QB, as you mentioned, Woody could have said, you know, what are we doing here? Why? Are we... Listen, I say all the time, right, Scott, I'm a fan. I'm a dopey blogger. I don't pretend to be a GM. I don't pretend to be a coach. I tweeted out before the season, and we talked about this, and I think you even commented on the tweet. I said, if the Jets don't go out and get a quarterback, too, this is akin to when Bill Parcells went in with Myra which, of course, was wrong. It wasn't Meyer. They traded for him. But they went into that season with Vinny without a QB2. And Joe Douglas did the same exact thing. And I, so I'm not giving Joe Douglas a free pass by any stretch. But if I could see it, Joe Douglas had to be able to see it. And if Woody saw it, he's in position to make something happen, and he didn't. So he's really not in a position to criticize. But what I did like from Woody, and this is, you know, again, the confirmation bias, right? This is what I've been saying for some time now. I understand Joe Douglas isn't a perfect GM and he's had his misses and all that. Every GM has misses. But when Woody says, we have a lot of talent on this team and the coaches aren't putting them in a position to, to succeed, that's what I've been saying for a little while. And I'm again, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, some shortcomings and some mistakes, but you go up and down this roster, like there are four or five guys on this roster who you can make the case are top five or ten in the NFL in, in their position. You know, and then there are some like I look at a guy like Jeremy Ruckert, who I think with better coaching would be a more productive player. So I look at I look at, you know, Joe Tipman being a rookie all pro. I look at Michael Carter being one of the best nickels in the NFL, if not the best. He's probably top five. I look at Sauce Garrett, JJ. I look at guys like Ashton Davis, who's not great, but he's showing improvement. I feel like Jamie and Sherwood showing improvement. I feel like, you know, uh Quincy Williams has been phenomenal. And they do have a lot of talent. They just, you know, they had the quarterback situation. I'm just, I'm not someone who believes in firing a GM because he missed it one quarterback. And I say all the time, Ozzie Newsom drafted about 10 before they finally won. And the reason he got to draft so many is because he kept building really good rosters but lacked the quarterback. I feel that a fully healthy Jets roster is pretty damn good. And they just need the quarterback to get under center and stay healthy. So I feel like he took shots at Douglas. I feel like the biggest shot, though, was at Sala, where he's saying we have a lot of talent. The coaches just have to put them in position to succeed. I have no issue with any of that. But the Zach Wilson stuff I didn't think was, was uh, you know, 
was was anything he should have been saying at this point. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Now we'll dig into the mailbag with the specific questions. First one from our buddy Dom C. I got to get Dom on the show when we get closer to draft season because I want to talk to him about some of these prospects. You, of course, hung out with Dom at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Glenn. What Dom wants to know is how we would rank the most pressing need to the biggest luxury on the defensive side of the ball heading into the 2024 offseason. So, Glenn, this is an interesting one. I think safety is number one. They don't have any safeties to write home about at all. Tony Adams is okay, I guess, at best. And Jordan Whitehead's not very good. Who knows how much longer he's going to be around anyway. At linebacker, I like Quincy Williams. He's certainly proven himself, but C.J. Mosley's on his last legs. And beyond that, they don't really have much. After that, I would say interior defensive line is a bigger need than a lot of people realize. John Franklin Myers is a bit of a hybrid at this point. And the only one you can really count on that's under contract right now is Quinnen Williams. I would say corner is a sneaky need only because DJ Reed is heading into the final year of his contract. And are the Jets going to pay two corners? Because before you know it, they're going to have to pay sauce. So they may need something there. And then I would say edge rusher is down towards the bottom of the list, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if they're going to bring back Bryce Huff, but obviously, like I said, they have John Franklin Myers in the hybrid role. They invested heavily in Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. They're going to move on from Carl Lawson, but I do think that they have a pretty decent stable of edge rushers there right now. So I would say number one is clearly safety. And then beyond that, they don't have any needs that are alarming, maybe linebacker a little bit. And then it's mostly just, can you plug in some pieces here and there? Yeah, I think it's um safety, defensive tackle, and then linebacker depth. And even, you know, I worry about nickel with Michael Carter only having a year left. And, you know, we've talked about, are they going to be able to re-sign every single guy? And Michael Carter's a guy that you want, you want him to hang around as one of the top nickels in the NFL. But really, if we're talking about biggest needs, I go safety, DT, maybe linebacker because Mosley's long in the tooth. Maybe you want to get younger and more athletic there. Um, and that's where, you know, does Jamie and Sherwood step in and see an increased role? And then I agree. I, I agree. It's got to be at edge there and they're in a good position. You know, for those, you know, there are some people who have sort of already given up on Will McDonald because he didn't have 20 sacks as a rookie. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, even with Huff probably on his way out the door, I think they'll draft another edge at some point in this year's class. Next question comes in from T. Diddy Jammer. He asks if Zach Wilson is not going to get a significant return in a trade, why let him go for nothing? Sign a better backup if you can find one. But if they cut him, they have to pay him anyway, right? Well, they have to pay him most of it, I believe. Either way, it's not going to happen. I think both sides want to move on at this point. They're not going to use him. If anything, he would clog up a spot because, yeah, you can carry him as a third quarterback, but there's somebody else you could use that on that might eventually turn into something, whether it's a guy that you pluck off a practice squad or somebody that you draft late in the draft or sign as an undrafted free agent, and you want an actual experience backup. So it's time for everybody to move on. Zach Wilson's not going to be here in 2024. I think we all know that. Yeah, they've reached the point of no return on this, uh, especially, you know, knowing that Robert Sala told him during the season, you know, they promised him that he would be moved along. Um, it's just, it, it, it's time. There, there reaches a point in some relationships where it's just no longer worth working on. That's the point the Jets are at right now. I don't disagree. I think they're looking at, you know, a day three picks. You know, some people even said as little as a pick swap, which, I mean, that's, that's, that's a nightmare scenario. You would hope a guy you took number two overall. 
Um, and I said this at the time, Scott, and I'm sure I've mentioned it. Him getting hurt in that Miami game and missing the rest of the year was a killer. Because the way he played against Houston, if he played like that for another three, four weeks, Joe Douglas could come to the table and say, look, I need a four for this kid. I need a three. Like he just he's it took him a few years, but he's now flashing the potential he showed us the number two overall pick. I mean, hell, they may not have even dealt him. If he played that well, they may have said, well, we got to revisit this. But if they're going to trade him, the best case scenario was for him to finish the season strong, played arguably his best game as a pro. And then, of course, gets hurt the next week, doesn't step on the field again. With all that being the case, I think that it, it hurts his value and the Jets probably get a day three pick. On the topic of Zach Wilson, Ernesto J asks, when do the Jets have to decide on Zach Wilson's fifth-year option? Is it this offseason or next? It's this offseason, but believe me, that decision's already been made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'll, he'll be traded before then. Next question comes in from Say My Nameth. He says, I know fan feedback is mixed, but would you welcome Jamal Adams back on a low-end deal to play a hybrid linebacker safety role? I'll be honest. If he's willing to come in on a one-year prove-it deal – and Robert Sala is okay with him being here, and they believe he could fit into the locker room. I wouldn't hate it because he's better than what they have. And honestly, if he starts causing problems, you could just cut him if he's here on a low-risk deal like that. So I wouldn't care. And to be honest with you, from a comedic standpoint, it would be worth it just to watch him have to answer questions from the same Jets beat that he's been going back and forth with for the last three years. That alone would probably be worth the acquisition. But yeah, I do think that it would be all right if they got him on a one-year prove-it deal because there's nothing to lose. If he acts up and becomes a pain in the butt, you just get rid of him. Yeah, I, I think for what the Jets are trying to do, the last thing they need is a guy who, own, who I mean, literally 100% only cares about himself. That's what you have in Jamal Adams. He's a you know, selfish, self-centered guy, locker room cancer, um, would only cause drama, not nearly as good a player as he believes he is. Um, good player. He does some things well, uh, but cover is not one of them. That's what they need in the back end. Even if you put him in the box, I, I just think for the drama he brings, um, and it, it, he'd just be a distraction. He's he's just not good enough to, you know. Sometimes you look, you know, you look at like I always use Terrell Owens as an example. I used to watch that guy play and then watch his off-field antics, and I used to say, here's a guy who's going to be out of the league three or four years sooner than he should. Because he's not going to change as a person, and teams are only letting him get away with it because of how good he is. And the second he has a, even a little drop-off, he's gone. Jamal Adams, I don't think, was ever good enough to carry on the way he does. And I, I, I want nothing to do with that guy. I think, I've think i never seen a player who was such a badass on Sundays and such a delicate flower off the field. And like needs to be, needs the ego massage, needs to everything, don't say anything mean about me. And he just gets his feelings hurt very easily. So it's like wrong market. I mean, the media would kill him after what he did to Connor Hughes. There would be nothing he could do right that wouldn't get a negative headline. So I think for a lot of reasons, it wouldn't work. I, I don't want the guy back. Next question comes in from Peter LaFontaine. He asks, which rookie from the 2023 class do you think will have the biggest impact on the 2024 Jets? I think there's really only two answers to this question, Will McDonald or Joe Tipman. And I think it could go either way. I think if McDonald takes that step forward and becomes that top-tier edge rusher that we're hoping he could become, because I'll be honest, Glenn, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Jermaine Johnson or Bryce Huff, but I do think that he has more natural talent than both of those guys i think the ability is there and it's absolutely possible that if he hits his ceiling 
he could be better than those guys. Will it happen? I'm not sure. We'll see if he takes that step. I think the safer bet is Tipman, but it could absolutely be McDonald. Yeah, I think I think McDonald is, and you know, his draft slot tells you that's what the Jets think. I think he's the most talented of the group. I think he's going to see a huge increase in playing time, and I think that's going to lead to a you know some some pretty good production. If you watched him on film last year, he did get better, and as I said, he you know he I thought he was much better against the run than I thought he would be when he was drafted. But uh, that doesn't mean like I think Tip. Well, we know Tipman starts. I think Carter Warren is good enough. Damian Woody said it recently in a tweet that he thought Carter Warren showed enough to compete for a starting spot. And of course, I'm a big Abana Canada guy, so I think a few of these guys are going to contribute. But I think Will McDonald is the guy who's going to have the biggest impact. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He asks if either Alt or Fashanu are on the board at eight. If you're Joe Douglas, do you do whatever you can to trade up and secure one of them? And if both are off the board. Would you trade back no matter what, even if you have to take less than you were hoping to get? Also, is there a player that if the Jets picked them, you would lose your mind? First part of this, I probably wouldn't trade up for Olu Fashanu. I would consider it for Alt if I thought that he was way better than all the other tackles. But where I'm sort of at with this is, I think there's five to seven tackles that are all somewhere in the same range. I'd rather trade down and recoup that pick in the second round if I can, and then maybe double up and get two tackles rather than stay at 10 and just take the best tackle available. If it's Joe Alt, maybe my answer changes, but I don't think the difference between, say, Fashanu, Latham, or Fuaga, or Guyton, or somebody like that is that stark of a drop. So I would rather move down a bit and try and recruit the picks. And that answers the second part of your question, which is, yes, I would be willing to take less than I was hoping for if I had to, if it was the only deal I could get to move back a few spots. And which player that if the Jets drafted him, I would lose my mind. I don't think there's anybody that's necessarily in that category. But I guess if the Jets did something silly, like draft another interior defensive lineman in the top 10, I would be pretty unhappy. As far as I just don't think the Jets are in any position to trade back. They don't have the assets. They The whole mindset, the whole mentality here has to be adding picks. They 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 need that second back that they lost in the Rodgers deal. I wouldn't consider trading up for Alter for Sean, especially now listen, if this was one of those classes where those two were the only guys with a round one grade, then fine, you kick around that idea on draft day in the war room. But given the fact that this is such a tackle rich draft and really an O line rich draft, I think the Jets have to have to stand pat at ten and ideally trade down where they can still grab one, if not two O linemen in that spot. And as far as yeah, as far as anyone they would take that would upset me I mean, if, if they took a corner or an edge, they just they don't. That doesn't need to be a priority right now. Um, DT, I wouldn't love. Um, you know, if, if you're talking Johnny Newman falls to ten again, and, and I don't, I'm not saying I want that. I would just have a really hard time getting upset about that because that would give them arguably the the best one-two punch in the NFL on the interior. So I would see the benefits to it, but I don't want it. What I want is, you know, I think Bowers is gone by ten. Um, so I I, I want a, a, a tackle in that spot or a trade down. Next question comes in from Joe Tella. He asks, any word on Keith Carter coaching the Jets offensive line being a hindrance to the Jets when they are trying to sign free agent offensive linemen? I haven't heard anything specifically, but you've heard a lot of Keith Carter's ex-players talk very negatively about him, and players talk around the league. He's got a reputation, so I can't imagine it would help. Yeah, we talked about this uh, a little bit at the Senior Bowl, you know, and I'm listen, I, I try to be as fair as I can when we're looking at and talking about these people 
And I kind of thought, well, are we giving Keith Carter a fair shake? Because, you know, on the one hand, we're saying the offense was terrible because they used 14 different linemen, 11 different combinations. And then I thought, yeah, but then we're coming down hard on Keith Carter. But then the point you just made, Scott, is what I came back to, which was, well, if he's getting clowned on social media by his former and current players, and that's exactly what I said. I said, come free agency, these guys talk to each other. Like the league, there's not 50 million guys in the league. It's a small league. And especially when you start breaking it down by position group. So when you have Taylor Luan, you know, making fun of the guy and Makai Becton laughing at him and Brees Hall laughing at him, like these guys talk. And you better believe if a guy's considering the Jets, he might call Taylor Luan and say, hey, man, be more specific. Why Why were you so unhappy playing for that guy, like you said in that tweet? And he's not going to have a lot of good things to say. So I've said my concern is that this free agency period, if the Jets have their eyes set on, a, a you know, one of the better guys out there, and it's not a deep class – but if they do want to pursue one of the better guys out there, if he has another suitor, the Jets might be at the bottom of his list. And the Jets may be forced to sign guys who nobody else is interested in, as, you know, as beggars can't be choosers. So it's it's the guys who are beggars that might be coming to the Jets where those, those guys with a choice might go elsewhere because of what we're seeing and hearing from his former players. Glenn Naughton, editor, Jet Nation. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Glenn's doing at JetNation.com and follow him on Twitter at JNRadio underscore Glenn. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>